Hi, my name is George Shevchuk, and I'm here with uh, Ben and Dan Scalera. And uh, these are a couple of young fellows, uh, one of which uh, went to school with my, uh, my middle son. And uh, we're here to introduce whitepoststudio.com. And um, this name was the idea of Ben. And I think Ben can tell us a little bit about it and uh, what it means. Yeah, I came up with the idea because it's a quote from uh, G.K. Chesterton in his book titled Orthodoxy. Uh, here's a quote from the book. It says, all conservatism is based upon the idea that if you leave things alone, you leave them as they are, but you do not. If you leave a thing alone, you leave it to a torrent of change. If you leave a white post alone, it will soon be a black post. If you particularly want it to be white, you must be always painting it again. That is, you must be always having a revolution. Briefly, if you want the old white post, you must have a new white post. Yeah, you know, it seems like uh, this um, uh, model of uh, white uh, to getting dirty or dark or whatever is uh, kind of uh, uh, synonymous with uh, the conflict in society between order and disorder, whereas a nice white post would be a, uh, a very orderly post, and then as it gets dirty or dark, it becomes disorderly. And, and that is one of the fundamental problems in society is that there's this constant struggle in, tr in trying to keep order in a society and then things getting like uh, a friend of mine used to call it the degeneration of, of society. Right. And as I see it, a lot of things end up tending to go towards disorder if people don't care enough to keep it in order. And so you have to have a revolution to bring order to the chaos and bring whiteness back to the post. See, I, I like the guy's uh, uh, um, symbolism and his metaphor. The only thing that I don't like is the word revolution because I'm really peace-oriented because in my mind, peace is what's connected to order, Was revolution, you know, is kind of like war, and war is always something that I associate with disorder. So in my mind, the, the ideal situation is try to uh, maintain that post-white and to maintain your order, but in as peaceful of a way as possible. Sometimes violence is necessary. Uh, I re remember even Thomas Jefferson said revolution. He did use the re word revolution. Every, he said every generation should have a revolution. Well, I can see your point to the extent that like when a police officer has to arrest a criminal, there's sometimes violence is required in order to bring the criminal to justice. So, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, at some point in time, uh, violence is um, uh, inescapable. But um, ideally, you should, that ideally, I think that the best way to achieve order or to keep that post clean is through education. Okay, yeah, and, and you need to teach people why their old traditions and values are valuable. 
Right, traditions. What was that quote about uh, traditions and democracy? Also from uh, Gilbert Keith Chesterton, he said that uh, tradition is the most de uh, very democratic because uh, it gives a vote to the dead too. Like, wh why should vote be limited to those who just merely be uh, happen to be alive at the moment? And I think the best way for the dead to have a vote is for people to know their history. And, and when you know the history, then you basically know the votes of our uh, um, ancestors and, 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 uh, and people that have brought us through the ages to where we find ourselves today. Right. So if people have enough education, chances are uh, things probably won't get bad enough to be the point where you would need violence. Uh, there was a point where um, Jordan Peterson had a speech uh, where someone was asking him, uh, uh, when do you, is it okay to lie about something if you're hiding the Jews in your closet and the Gestapo is at your door searching for the Jews? Uh, is it okay to lie then? Or, or when is it okay to have violence? Well, uh, he said, at, if you've reached that point, uh, then you've already uh, ignored so many lies that you actually need to break a few rules to go back to a more normal society. And so if you've reached a point where a lot of violence is necessary, then you've already gone past a lot of points where you could have stopped it and ignored what you could have done to make things better. Yeah, you know, the, what I fear, however, is that uh, um, just, just for, for the listeners to have some perspective, I'm, I'm 69 years old, and these guys are, what, in their... Uh, 30. 30, one... Uh, almost 30. Yeah, almost 30 and almost 30. So we, we're from two different generations. I, I'm a, a baby boomer, and uh, you guys are, what, uh, considered... Uh, uh, millennials? Millennials. But, yeah, I understand what, what you're saying, and, and, and definitely... Uh, if it's possible to avoid violence, that's the way to go. But, but I think that when societies degenerate to a certain, um, um, you, you know, as the, as the degeneration progresses, it seems to escalate and pick up, uh, it accelerates. And, and it sort of becomes like a tsunami. And when it, when it does become like a tsunami, it, everything crashes and burns and then historically and, and, and over the centuries, you see that every now and then, uh, like a phoenix out of the ashes, arises uh, a new order. And, and, and it seems like as if it's cyclical. And, and that's what I'm afraid of, is that when things do generate to a certain, uh, reach a certain point, as you mentioned at one time to me, the point of no return. That's when, that's the horrible uh, point where where we want to avoid, if at all possible. Right. Well, I, I wouldn't say point of no return. I would say something like it's it's a point where major action or, or major violence needs to be done to get back to normal. Right. Major correction. Ma a major correction would need to happen. Right, right. Um, the thing is, is that... It, 
if if people don't even know what uh, needs to be done to correct the situation, when when you get people that are so out of whack in their thinking that that after a while uh, there's very few people left in society that actually understand the where the road is that leads back to sanity. Right. I mean, th th that's the, the I think the situation that we find ourselves in as we as I don't know about you guys but when I look around our country it seems to me like uh, the uh, inmates are running the asylum mm -hmm. I mean uh, how do you respond to that in some ways part of the problem with that is people have been taught the wrong things in school and school has made them insane because the they're expecting reality to be something and they're not getting what they're expecting yeah, and you know the, the the interesting question, and and again, in some ways, I'm kind of like playing the devil's advocate, but is it a good idea for schools to be run by the government? I mean, the more I think about it, the more I see how our corrupt our governments are becoming, how they seem to be uh, controlled by uh, corporate interests and by interests that are detached from the interests of the common man, it seems to me like all kinds of nefarious uh, um, um, ideologies are creeping into public education, which is causing public education to become not only worth less and less uh, in quality, but also dangerous dogmas that are being introduced uh, in the public uh, education arena. Public education was never even popular to begin with, since the first place uh, in America to have public education, Massachusetts in the 1800s, it was forced upon people such that they didn't want it, and event after a few decades they tried to uh, do away with uh, uh, forced high schools. Uh, mind you, uh, there was always education in Massachusetts, but it was bef it was up to like uh, grammar school level, not to the high school level, and it was provided by the local governments. Like a lo uh, the, the little town, the little community would provide for the uh, community what the community would need to thrive in their environment, and that's the, that would probably be the best situation where the community that knows what their people need is the one providing the education. You, you know that uh, you two guys are uh, the product of uh, um, uh, a Catholic education, uh, just like my middle boy and actually my older boy also. They, uh, um, we sent them to uh, oratory prep for Alex, and in your guys' case, uh, you went to... Uh, all, all, yeah, we went to all Catholic schools too. Yeah. Catholic. What was the school that you and uh, Constantine attended? St. Joseph's. St. Joseph Regional. St. Joseph's. And uh, um, uh, I think that, that uh, a lot of, well, some, some uh, more integrity and connection to the past uh, is uh, maintained by private schools. I personally think that public schools have, have uh, gone in a very bad direction and to the point where our society is now in danger of, uh, you know, a meltdown. I mean, the, the, the people are not even thinking, for example, about 
candidates that are running from the standpoint of uh, who's going to run the country better. I mean, they're just looking at who's got the better Hollywood appearance. Right. Well, I remember there was uh, the first presidential debate uh, where one of the some people watched the presidential debate on radio and some people watched it on television. It was the first presidential debate that was on television. The people who watched it on the television decided they wanted uh, one candidate and the other wanted... You're talking about the Kennedy-Nixon debate? Yeah, yeah. And the others wanted... Uh, well, that demonstrated how powerful the media can be. Right. Because, because when they saw Kennedy yeah. on television, yeah. they liked his appearance. Right, right. But right. when they heard Nixon... The people who heard on the radio like right, the Nixon. Right. So that shows how much uh, appearance can change your opinion of, about a person. And it's it's not really just about the ideas that the president is supporting. They're, they're going by what the person looks like. Right. And, and therein lies the danger in democracy. And, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't understand that the United States of America is not a democracy. It's a republic where we have democratically elected representatives. But our country is based on laws. And, and I think a lot of people don't comprehend that a lawless society that's a pure democracy is just a mob. Anarchy. Well, it'll lead to, to, to anarchy, but you don't want to be living in a country where uh, you have mob rule. Right. You know, so, but that goes back to traditions and, uh, and uh, culture and history and religion and all of these different moral uh, 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 guidelines and codes that uh, help to keep a, a society healthy and and, uh, and uh, provide the most amount of happiness for the most amount of people within that society. Right. But uh, so we've got a situation now that uh, uh, we are trying to analyze and discuss and trying to come up with different solutions and theories that would enable uh, our society to get back on track in order to uh, achieve the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. And one of the things that I made a few notes about that I think I'd like to address, and these are just theories on my part, but it seems to me that one of the factors that causes um, disorder to creep into a society is when you have large human institutions or organizations. When things are colloquial, and people are closer to, to their government or their rule, um, then they can keep a closer eye on what's happening. But when you have a large organization or a large country, like it seems to me um, that there's more corruption on the federal level than there is on local government because the federal government is further away from the common man and when it is up there in their own Mount Olympus, they there you know when the cats away when how do they say when the when the cats away the mice will play, and these uh, representatives on the federal level are getting hog wild and doing all kinds of crazy things, because the the people are are have no idea what the hell is happening on that level. Hmm. Politicians should be close enough to kick. 
Right. That's another quote from G.K. Chesterton. You, you mean for us to kick them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, they have to be close enough where we can give them a good kick in the ass, right? <laughs> Occasionally. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm all for that, you know, because the problem is, is that we're the ones that are getting, getting kicked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's either that we, it's either we're kicking them or they're kicking us, and lately it seems like as if, you know, which reminds me, all the news as I've been wa- I've been watching lately, it seems to me like every program, every uh, tax uh, uh, project, every benefit that they want to, you know, send uh, you know some astronomical sum of money, like forty or fifty billion dollars, to Ukraine or or whatever they come up with is just another project by which it's another racket, another project by which they want to rip off the American taxpayer because it doesn't seem like as if that money's ever reaching its final destination. It always seems to be disappearing in a bunch of pockets. And what's the consequence when it disappears? What happens to those politicians who made that decision? Well, they're getting they're also enriching themselves because they they're 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 also uh, you know, right? They're, they have no negative consequences. Uh, the, uh, they don't fear the people. the The politicians should fear the people instead of the people fearing the politicians. Well, that's exactly why I uh, am not only in favor of the Second Amendment, but the way it looks to me lately, it seems to me like the people should have all the weapons of military warfare, and I shouldn't shouldn't give any of these weapons to uh, under the control of the corrupt uh, people we have running our governments at the present time. I mean, look at the situation that we're in uh, with uh, our current president, who basically is a criminal, and his whole family is a, is a, a family of criminals, and that's just one family. And how about the, the people that were in government before him? How about the Clintons? That's, that's another you know, a bunch of cutthroats. I mean, how far is this all, is all of this going to go in this country before people start uh, uh, bringing their uh, leaders uh, to uh, um, to pay the the consequences of, of their criminalities? That's the problem. That's that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves helpless and at the mercy. Of of uh, of uh, criminals that are totally detached and are not afraid of getting kicked by their citizens anymore, uh, and uh, uh, I mean it's probably no accident that most of them are lawyers, hmm. and they make the laws that, that not only protect them themselves but shield them from uh, any consequences. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good point about how far can it go, because it seems like more and more of the corruption of the elite uh, rulers is being revealed. Uh, uh, originally, uh, Biden's son, Hunter Biden's uh, laptop that he left behind was uh, being denied uh, by the news media as uh, false Russian uh, misinformation. But recently... Uh, they've been actually admitting that everything about uh, his laptop was true, and those files uh, that were found on the laptop are real. So as more is uh, revealed about the corruption of the elite uh, rulers uh, of the country, uh, do you think it's possible that their uh, grip on power could start to crumble? 
or or could people start to lose lose faith in their uh, ability to rule? Uh, could, could people start finally start to you know maybe vote for something else? Well, definitely people are. I I think that generally people are becoming more cynical than they've ever been before. And, and, you know, that after you've been lied to over and over again and you realize that uh, you can't really depend on almost anything uh, that you see in Main Street uh, media, a lot of people are uh, losing faith, like you said, in the government. And a lot of people are now searching for alternative uh, sources of information. Mm. And it's really interesting how so many alternate uh, news sources have started to appear in just the last few years. Uh, people have created alternate kind uh, uh, versions of Twitter and uh, YouTube and uh, different kinds of uh, media places where places where we we can get our news and, and uh, information that's not as censored. You know, there's a few uh, uh, that I've noticed uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Like even people like, uh, I think his name is uh, Glenn Greenwald, and uh, he uh, has uh, stuff on Substack. Uh, I, and they're not always, you know, people that are conservative. I mean, even uh, uh, sources of information that uh, are from the left from people like um, uh, Dore, the Jimmy Dore show. Now he's basically a liberal, but he's not like a neoliberal. He's more of like a traditional liberal from, you know, remember when liberals were bleeding heart liberals in the 60s and the 70s? Now it seems like the new liberals we have today want to make everybody else's bl bl heart bleed except their own. <laughs> mm. Right. It's important to clarify that the difference between old liberals and the new liberals. Uh, Elon Musk recently tweeted a picture that shows he stayed in the same place, but liberals have moved further and further and further to the left. And he, uh, in his in the picture, he shows that in himself, he thought of himself as maybe right in the middle. And who was that? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Well, well, well it's kind of like that with Jimmy Dore. Like, you see, Jimmy Dore... There's a lot of things that I don't agree with him because he's a traditional liberal and but but I know that he he's he's got his heart in the right place and his intent is is good you know and because I could see that his intent is good I feel comfortable you know with him and I I could disagree with him about things but at least I know that he's coming from a place where he wants something good for you know in general for it's it's not so much the the end result that we're disagreeing about is just how to get there, the means, you know. Right, but the reason I said that was because I know there's actually some people who have said Jimmy Dore is far far right now, because originally Jimmy Dore was considered uh, left, no, but no, now no, he, the, he's, the far leftists yeah. have gone so far left that they consider him to the right. No, they're, they're just painting everybody with some kind of a... Uh, uh, a dirty brush that, that doesn't fit in with their own agenda. Right. Anyone who disagrees with anybody them. disagrees with them is is uh, you know becomes a target. That's the bottom line. But uh, uh, there, I, I I like to tell people about other sources of information uh, besides you know them listening to hopefully uh, White Post Studio in the future. 
but some of the sources of information that I um, uh, listen to or, or see out there are place are things like the Duran yeah. on uh, YouTube, and and there are in other places. Uh, I think they might be on Rum uh, Rumble. It's called right. Okay. And uh, also, there's a guy I just found recently who I like to listen to. He's like a military analyst. He's been giving good information about the Ukrainian um, war, uh, and his name is Jacob Drazen. And uh, so, you know, we look for information where we can feel confident that, you know, it's um, something we can depend on. And, uh, I mean, outside of a few things that I still watch on mainstream media, like Tucker Carlson, there's just a lot of stuff on there which I think... You know, I call them liars for hire. <laughs> and and I, I just can't be bothered with listening to them anymore. See, they all have an agenda. They all have a, uh, um, you know, speaking of, of no agenda, what's that uh, lady's name? The one that was the blonde that was uh, molested in Egypt uh, during, uh, and um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember her name. She, uh, she, she, uh, makes a big point of uh, not having an agenda. Uh, I'll remember her name anyway, but I she, don't know it. But but she she's a, a, a you could tell that she's coming f from uh, a place of uh, integrity. Um, it'll come to me later. But um, uh, yeah, so people are looking for new sources of information for sure. And uh, that's the consequences of lying to people. When you lie to people, you eventually lose them. Right. The uh, people have less faith now in the mainstream news than uh, ever before or any any recent times. Well, look what happened with uh, with CNN and uh, MSNBC. How uh, how how many uh, viewers they lost? Right. CNN actually tried to start a subscription online, and they got a lot less viewers than they expected. Like a lot of uh, they already closed it. Yes, they already shut it down. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, companies are trying to get people to subscribe to their uh, services. Like we have uh, Netflix, and then uh, other companies copied it with uh, Disney Plus, uh, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus, and things like that. So CNN tried to do theirs, and almost nobody, or or not enough to sustain the service, uh, signed up, and they had to shut it down. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you look at uh, the people they've had on there and uh, uh, people with uh, questionable uh, characters and integrity and, hey, look, sooner or later it was going to come back and bite them in the butt, and it did. Um, the question is, is uh, where do we go from here? I mean, we've got, we're in a situation where we're, we're, we're being led by a government that, in my opinion, got into power through a fraudulent election. Do you also feel that way? We're not allowed to say that on YouTube, so we have to be careful about saying any kind of opinion about that uh, if we plan on putting this on YouTube. Yeah, well, we might have to edit it out, but to tell you the truth, I'd rather boycott YouTube, and if everybody would boycott things like Twitter and YouTube and put all our... Uh, content uh, into uh, platforms 
that uh, do not censor, it would actually be a move in the direct, right direction for the country. Yeah, you know, that's what I—that's something I wanted to talk about. I think it would be better to have um, no censorship than to have too much censorship. You know, there's there's so many. It's ridiculous now when you watch certain YouTube videos. They're, they're, they they can't even say certain words. So a guy, instead of saying, you know, the N-word, he, he has to spell it out. The, oh, those N-A-Z-I's. Or he can't say the disease, so he says the C-O-V-I-D, you know. Right. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, I mean, why is America putting up with this crap? Well, uh, some people say, oh, it's a private company and they're allowed to do what they want with their company. And we have the right not to use them anymore. And, and that's <laughs> the, the next thing is Elon Musk has the right to buy the company and then do what he wants with the company. Yeah, that's true. But, but I, I got to tell you that it's not just uh, boycotting uh, the media that you listen to or that you put your content on. But I really believe that all Americans should should search out those co corporations and companies that are that don't have America's best interest at heart, and to boycott them as well. Mm. Right. I mean, there's a lot of corporations. I mean, like I personally am very happy to see uh, how uh, Governor DeSantis and some of the people in Florida have come out against Disney because of their behavior. Right. Uh, a lot of uh, Trump supporters are very happy with the governor of Florida, and if Trump does not run again, a lot of people would like uh, the uh, governor of Florida to become the next president. Yeah, he's, he, he looks to me like he's uh, a good man, and uh, I don't think he wants to challenge Trump uh, because he knows that uh, Trump has got his eye on 2024, but I certainly hope that he will be... Uh, presidential timber in future years right right yeah he just won re-election recently so he's going to be governor for about another four years mm -hmm. but i i don't think he wants to give up his position as governor uh since he just won but maybe um after his he's finished with his term as governor then he'll run for president after trump is finished uh if trump is going to be the uh, running again yeah, I, I think that he has a big following around the country, and uh, hopefully, uh, I, I do you think that uh, there's any chance that Trump might uh, pick him as his VP? Oh yeah, there's chances that a lot of things like that could happen. There's always a chance. Well, we'll see what happens, but uh, I think we should sign off. That's enough for uh, today. Folks, try to keep an eye out for uh, whitepoststudio.com. And uh, we look forward to uh, um, having you uh, visit us in the future. Very good. Thank you.